Hey, this is Cooper Smith. I'm one of the student worship pastors at Eastview, and I'm honored to welcome you to our Eastview Students High School podcast. We hope this is encouraging, inspiring, and helpful for you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy the message. Uh, maybe some of you are sad, maybe you are excited uh, that this is our last week. And I hope uh, you guys have been talking about this in your small groups and talking through the different weeks and the different challenges that have come through this all-church move, this all-in series. Um, and, and speaking of small groups, I got the chance to spend this past week with a group of freshman guys, and they really wanted a shout-out. So boys right there, I see Isaiah, Evan, Orion, Ezra, my boys, it was fun with you guys. Yes. Okay. Oh, I love you too. Love you too. All right. Uh, just if you guys want to shout out and I come lead your group, just let me know. Okay. I'm a, I'm a man of the people. So um, let's go ahead. Let's open up our Bibles to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14 is where we're going to be this morning. And we have um, one more lesson from Jesus about what it means to be all in about what it means to be all in as we, as we end this series. And, and this lesson we're going to get to today, Jesus and his disciples, they've just sat down for dinner. Um, well, actually, they've, they've really laid down for dinner because the thing that they did is something called they would recline at the table, which really meant they would lay on their sides. Like that's how they ate dinner uh, back during Jesus's time. And so they're reclining at the table. He's with his disciples. It's two days before the Last Supper. So this meal is not the Last Supper right before Jesus is about to go to the cross, but it's two days before the Last Supper. And while they're eating dinner, while Jesus and his disciples are eating dinner, this woman shows up and she's there and she comes up to Jesus. She comes up to Jesus while they're eating. And this lesson comes today from the action of this woman towards Jesus. She does something for Jesus that Jesus says, hey, everyone around the table right now, you're going to remember this, and actually generations to come are going to remember this moment and this thing that this woman does for Jesus. So we're going to read about this story today, Mark chapter 14, starting in verse 3. We're going to start in verse 3 of Mark chapter 14. It says, Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. And while he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table, they were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, um, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Let me pray for us this morning. God, we... Know you're in this place. God of revival, you are here and you want to see revival in this town. And so God, through your word, through your son Jesus, would you give us the boldness to go and to share the good news, to go and to serve other people in this town, to go and love McLean County, God. 
I pray today that we would take a lesson from this woman that we're called to be all in for you, to give everything, to serve you and for you. So God, would you light a fire in the students in this room this morning? Would they, would they lock in right now to your word and what you have to say to them? And I pray all these things in your name. Amen. So this story, if you actually read this same story in the book of John... So the book of John, the, one of the other Gospels, has the same story. You get a little more detail as to what happens in this moment. Okay, John goes into a little more detail. And so our passage that we just read says that Jesus and the disciples are at Simon's house, a man who previously had leprosy. Okay, so note there, this, this guy Simon, he previously had leprosy. So most likely, Jesus has healed this guy. All right, Jesus has healed this guy Simon from leprosy. Okay, and if you don't know what leprosy is, it was this horrible disease that if you got leprosy, you were cast out from your town. You weren't allowed to enter, okay? And, and if you ever came near the town, you had to shout to everyone, unclean, 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 because it was extremely contagious, okay? So Jesus, he must have healed this guy, Simon. And so he's at Simon's house. Well, if you were to read John chapter 12, you would learn that not only is this called Simon's house, but it's also the house of three other people. And, and back in Bible times, like it was tradition, it, it was the thing that all, the family like all lived together. Like grandparents, aunts, uncles, parents, children, grandchildren, like everyone lived together. Okay, can you imagine that today? That would probably drive you all insane. Okay, but this was just what it was. It, it, you took care of your entire family. And so these homes would have so many family members together, okay? And so Simon, he might have been like the father uh, of this situation. A lot of scholars believe that he was the father of these three. Um, some believe maybe he was the husband of one of the, the women that were in this house. Either way, this is Simon's house along with three others. The important thing of why I wanted to note that is the three others whose house this was, was Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, this was also their house. And if you guys know anything about those names, maybe they sound familiar to you. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they have a lot of history with Jesus. They have a lot of history with Jesus. Mary and Martha are the ones that sent Jesus a message saying, Hey, Jesus, our brother Lazarus is sick, and he's not doing well, and we need you to get here. We need you to come, and we need you to heal Lazarus. And actually, Lazarus would go on to die because of this sickness. And, and, and the story goes that Jesus arrives too late. He, he arrives after Lazarus is already dead. He arrives too late. But you read the story and you're like, was he late? Or, or was this all part of the plan here? Because Jesus arrives here and, if you've heard of the story, Jesus was not the first one to raise from the dead. Lazarus was. Jesus brought Lazarus back from the dead. Okay, and so you think about this story, this anointing story that happens here. Okay, John tells us that the woman who poured the perfume on Jesus was Mary. Mary was the one that poured the perfume all over Jesus, and Jesus had completely changed Mary's life. All right, Simon, who's possibly her father, Jesus is healed from leprosy. And Lazarus, her brother, he is raised from the dead. Okay, and so Mary's life 
has been forever impacted by Jesus. These huge miracle moments that Jesus has done for her family. No wonder Mary wants to do at least something for Jesus because of all the things that Jesus has done for her. And the thing you have to think about here is we're talking about this all in series and we're talking about serving McLean County and we're talking about loving McLean County. The first thing you have to ask yourself before you go all in on this is that you have to think about what has Jesus done for you? What has Jesus done for me? Has Jesus healed a part of my life or has Jesus healed someone in my life? Because he's been known to do that. Or maybe for you, has Jesus resurrected something dead in your life? Something that has felt dark and heavy and dead. And has Jesus resurrected that something? Because Jesus has been there, done that. Right? The, the reason I'm asking those questions and the reason why you have to ask that first of yourself of what Jesus has done for you is because we're compelled to do big things for Jesus because we know what he's done for us. We know what he's done for us. I, I want to read a few passages from the Bible that talk about because of what Jesus has done for us, that's why we go and we love and we do these things. First Samuel 12, 24 says, Be sure to fear the Lord and to faithfully serve him because... Think of all the wonderful things he's done for you. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given you each a gift. Because he's given you a gift, use them to serve one another. 1 John 4.19, this is a famous passage that maybe you've heard before a lot growing up in church. We love each other because he first loved us. Right? And then Ephesians 1, 7 talks about how God is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. And because of that, because of that big thing, we go and we love others. Guys, the question is, when something does something big for you, someone gets you a really nice gift, someone does something really kind for you, someone says something really nice to you, do you not want to do something for them? Do you not want to say something nice right back to them? Do you not want to get them something nice for them? Do you not want to do something nice? Then flip that on Jesus. How about the guy that has done the greatest thing ever for you? Do you not want to be all in for him? Well, Mary wanted to do something for Jesus. And let me tell you, it wasn't cheap. It was not cheap, this action that Mary does for Jesus. She takes this jar of expensive perfume from the essence of nard. Okay? No idea what that means. All right? But let just, just know it's expensive. Okay? It's an expensive thing of perfume. And, and before you get all weirded out, okay, or you say, what's the big deal here? I, I have perfume. If I poured it out, whatever. Like, maybe it would be a waste, but it's not that crazy. All right? Or maybe you're in here today and like, what are we talking about here? Pouring oil and perfume all over Jesus' head. That's weird. Okay, anointing with oil was a very common practice back in Bible times. This would not have been weird. This would not have been weird to the disciples, would not have been weird to Jesus. And in fact, oil was used for a lot of different reasons. The anointing process was for a lot of different reasons. It was used to heal. Okay, back in James 5.14, the Bible says that if someone is sick, you call all the elders together and you anoint that person with oil. Okay, it was, a, it was a healing thing. It was also a blessing thing. In Psalm 23, if you were to read that passage of David's prayer, it says, the Lord anoints my head with oil. Okay, so 
It's a blessing thing. It was also used in the process of burial. People would go and they'd pour perfume or they'd pour anoint with oil over a dead body as the burial process, okay? And then also, back in the Old Testament, for priests and kings, you would anoint them with oil as a way to prepare them for service or to to, to dedicate them uh, to the temple, okay? And so this wasn't weird. This wasn't a weird thing happening here. I want to get past that moment. But this also wasn't a Gatorade shower either, okay? This also wasn't not that big of a deal, everyone does it kind of thing. All right, this, this moment was big. The Bible says that this jar of perfume was worth a year's wages, okay? So work for a year, all the money that you get from that entire year, that's how much is in this jar. All right, this is expensive. This is a lot of money being poured out with this act, and that's why the disciples get so upset. It says they're indignant. They're ticked off. They're upset. They're annoyed. Right? They say, what a waste. What a waste. You could have sold this perfume and given it all to the poor. Which in my brain, I was thinking through this, and I'm like, it, that makes a little sense. I mean, that's still a good thing. Go and sell this and give it to the poor. That still sounds like a loving act. And, and so I was thinking, that's not a bad idea. She certainly could have done that. But Jesus rebukes them and says, hey, guys, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? And that's where it is. That, that's the thing I want you to take note of, of why Jesus here says this is a good thing, a big deal. Because the big deal for Jesus is that this woman did this for me. She did this for me. And Jesus goes on to say, hey, you guys will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. Jesus is really getting at what this moment of Mary pouring the perfume on Jesus' head really is pointing to. What this really is pointing to is that in a few days, Jesus is about to die. Jesus is about to die and go to the cross. And this process of Mary anointing his head with this perfume and pouring it all out is the same idea for anointing a body for burial. All right, that same reason back in the Old Testament why they would do the anointing and pour perfume is they're preparing a body for burial. And Mary, I'm thinking, Mary has no idea what this really meant. Mary, to her, thinks she's just doing this really kind, glorifying thing to Jesus, this big act for him. But she has no idea what this actually means. This has far more implications in this moment. This act of pouring everything out on Jesus is not only hinting at Jesus' burial, but it's also pointing to his upcoming death. Because in a couple days, we're going to get to the Last Supper. And the same word used in the passage here about Mary pouring out this perfume is the same word that Jesus is going to say a few verses later in verse 24 of chapter 14 where he takes the cup of wine and he says, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. Here's the word. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. Same word there. This moment that Mary has of pouring out this perfume is the same word that Jesus is going to use saying, I'm going to pour out my blood for you. 
And so here's the question, guys. What are we getting at here? What, what is the all-in part of this story? Why is Jesus saying at the very end here, hey, guys, you're going to remember for generations what this woman did for me? And here's why this is a big deal. Here's why I want you guys to hear this story and take a lesson from this story. is because even though Mary didn't know it, her loving act for Jesus had a kingdom-shaking impact. This was a kingdom-shaking impact. Why was it kingdom-shaking? Because she was living out the gospel. Her act of service to Jesus, her act of love towards Jesus, she was showing the entire room what the gospel is. That Jesus would come and he would pour out his blood and he'd pour out his life to save everyone. She poured out everything she had to love someone, and her act was a glimpse of the greatest act of all time, Jesus. And so the question is, what does this mean for you? What is the lesson I want you to hear from this story, from God's word, that I think God is talking to us today? He's speaking to us what he wants for this high school ministry, what he wants for you guys as you carry out this Love McLean County vision. Here's what I think this means. What I think this means is when you choose to do something as an act of love towards someone because of what Jesus has done for you, Jesus is going to use that for his greater gospel story. When you choose to love someone because of the love that Jesus has shown you, Jesus is going to use that in ways you don't even know. If you decide to go all in on this vision, to say, I'm not just going to come and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to hear all of these sermons about Love McLean County and it's like, oh, cool, our church is doing this, but I'm not going to do anything. If you come in here and you sit and you say, I'm in on this, I'm going to choose to love people every day and you go all in towards serving someone in this town, Jesus might have a resurrection story waiting just around the corner. Guys, there is a reason why we brought up Jenya and America today. Because one invitation resurrected a story. An invitation, an act of love, an act of service means that someone went from death to life. That ashes became alive. That Jesus forever changed a story. And I was thinking, you guys may have no idea, you may have no idea that you deciding to invite a friend to church means that Jesus is going to resurrect a life from ashes. You, have, you may have no idea. You may have no idea that you deciding to sit with that kid at the lunch table that is by himself, that doesn't look like he has any friends, that doesn't look like she knows anyone, that is alone, means that Jesus is going to take that moment and resurrect a life from ashes. You may have no idea that you actually deciding, I'm going to put down the, the computer, I'm going to grab an accountability par partner, I'm going to get over this thing, and saying, I'm done with this, I'm going to take steps towards recovery. You have no idea that Jesus says, all right, there's a life that I'm going to resurrect from the ashes. You may have no idea that you deciding, I'm going to start discipling a friend, discipling a brother, discipling a sister, means that Jesus is going to take a life from the ashes, and he's going to resurrect it. You may have no idea that you deciding to say, I'm going to start praying for this friend, this teacher, this family member, every single night, that because you choose to do that, Jesus says, I'm going to resurrect a life from the ashes. 
Mary had no idea that this simple act of pouring perfume over Jesus' head had a kingdom-shaking impact and would be heard for generations. Guys, I can just imagine Jesus, the Holy Spirit, right here in this moment with you, sitting right next to you, or right there with you at school, right there with you with that friend, and just saying, just say it. Just, Just ask. Just do it, and watch what I can do. Now, there's, there's a, there is a caveat to all of this and a, a thing I do want to share with you guys. If you have not, in this room today, grasped all that Jesus has done for you, you won't do this. If you don't understand the love that was given to you and shown to you by Jesus and all of the things that he has done for you, you won't do this. Mary understood what Jesus had done for her. She'd seen it. She saw Jesus literally raise someone from the dead, heal someone from leprosy. She saw it with her own eyes, and that's why Mary gave everything. That's why she did this, because Mary is a testimony of what Jesus can do. And so maybe you're in the room today, and what you needed to hear today is that Jesus has done everything for you. And that's where we need to start, that you need to understand the greatest act of love that Jesus has done for you. And you need to sit down and you need to reflect on that. Because you're not going to do that without doing that. But if you're in this room today and you understand what Jesus has done for you, if you know the love that Jesus has for you, my question is, what are you waiting for? Go all in and watch what Jesus can do. I, I love this vision, love McLean County, so much. I love it so much because it really is that simple. It's just love McLean County. It's just love that classmate. It's love that family member. It's serve that school. It's serve that, this, this church. It's, it's so simple. It's just love McLean County. And, and the thing is, guys, if you choose to go all in, if you do this this year, if you do this for the next five years of what this vision is, to love McLean County, Jesus, I promise you, will do the rest. And the rest is why, right before the sermon, we sang this song, God of Revival. Guys, we will see revival in this town. If each of you come to understand the love that Jesus has for you and say, I want someone else in this town to know about it. And we're going to watch what Jesus can do. And I promise you, we are going to see revival in this ministry, in this church, in this county. Because of the love of Jesus. Let me pray. God, this is what you're calling us to do. You're calling us to love our town. You're calling us to love our schools You're calling us to love our three people in our three places. And God, right now, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would convict, you would light a fire. God, you would nudge to say, go all in. Go all in. And so, God, I pray a blessing on these students. I pray, first and foremost, that they would come to understand the greatest act of love that was given to them, that, God, your son Jesus would die for them and resurrect every life in here from the ashes.
And God, second, because of that, I pray for courage and boldness to go and to love McLean County. And God, I pray that we would see revival. We would see revival in this town. We would see revival at this church. We would see revival in the lives of our friends and family. We would see revival. God, we pray that, we ask that, we expect that because your Holy Spirit is on the move and he is powerful. So God, we give this to you and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the message, we'd love it if you would join us on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. for our Eastview Students High School service. We also want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast and share it to your social media accounts. To stay up to date, check us out on Instagram at EastviewHSM and check out our Eastview Students YouTube channel. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.